previously on Just Cow in the City. November 1st, I want those decorations down. I just keep meeting people that are 20. What is happening? You're really going to charge me three bucks for the owner's kid? It's right next door to the Boulevard of Death. What are you, a fucking dick? You live in Times Square, dummy. Hey, can you get my cousin in from Skokie tonight? You're out of order. The whole trial is out of order. Short round? That guy's an Oscar winner? You tainted the entire thing. up singing it this morning can't get it out of my head it went to vote today and uh it was just in my head the whole day i don't know why i don't know why maybe it's because i'm teaching an 80s course soon and thinking about the 80s and uh, you know i mean am i thinking about how wonderful the 80s were no i mean the 80s were disappointing you know i'm always depressed but i mean when i think back i mean it's impossible to say but the 80s were a great time, and this is why I uh, tell people, and, uh, you know, you're always in the moment. Time is, 10 years is a long time. But when you look back and you see the clothing, the music, and the movies, you say, wow. And like my kids say, Professor, was the 80s just a real fun time? And then you have to answer, yes. I mean, we all have our struggles and crosses to bear, one might say. There's heartache and sorrow in every day and decade, but... Let's face it, the 80s are the most hilarious decade. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's no. I mean, I think everybody's believing me on that. They are the most hilarious of decades. This is the exact decade that Dave Juskow should be bought up in. The 80s. I remember talking to some guy, and he goes, I went to high school, college, and I got married in the 80s. Got my first job and got married all in the 80s. I guess I did the same thing, except, uh, you know, the marriage part. But yes, I lived my formative years. In the 80s. And now, this many years later, after the, the coming off on, on, the, on the day when the Beatles released their final recording, <laughs> so I don't feel that old. They're old. I don't know if you've listened to it. I think it's called Now and Then. 
That is what it's called. I just listened to it this morning. It was just released, I think, either yesterday morning or this morning at like 9 a.m. to the world. The brand new Beatles recording with uh, everybody involved. It was a, a song John Lennon had tinkered on the piano with, and they were finally able to, after all these years, extract the piano and just take his vocals. I think the song, the song stinks. I think you're better off leaving it alone. It's not... I, does it sound Beatley? Maybe, but, you know, the three songs they've released since then, the Free as a Bird and Real Love and that one, just aren't the same. Although, it is funny because Free, I think it's called Free as a Bird, that first one they released in the 90s for the anthology. That song is in my head a lot. Not like the Scritty Politty one, but uh, I think it's Scritty Politty we were playing. I don't know. And maybe leave John Lennon the way he is. So we remember him in the best way. But if that's what the two remaining guys want to do, then so be it. Are we right? Give that guy a break. God, I can't believe it. And I think about, you know, the Beatles are so incredible that Paul McCartney is still out there performing. And thank God that somebody left. But God, they were really, I mean, I know they were a phenomenon, but it's funny in 2023 years, so many years later, I mean, it's over 50 years, like 60 years that their music is, I mean, that's the way music works. Usually it does usually stand the test of time, as you might know from Beethoven or Bach or any of those people. But boy, the Beatles really did change the game. And no one's come out like the Beatles where it's just, I mean, it's not going to be Taylor Swift that we're going to be like, yeah, she changed the game. No, there's nothing like the Beatles. I mean, they just really... What an impact and a difference and the, the the amount of work they put in in such a limited time. You, you forget they weren't even together that long. It's kind of a miracle. And those those songs completely hold up. And God, I wonder what would have happened. Not just if John Lennon had survived, but if they had just kind of made it into this technology. Because that's what Paul McCartney's saying in this little short film that Oh, the Beatles have always been about new technology, and they certainly were. I mean, the fact that they were able to create all that amazing music on four tracks is really something else, and that just shows they they were obviously way ahead of their time. I keep thinking about it. I don't know. I guess I keep thinking about because I remember having my first Beatles 45. I think it was Hey Jude with the little green apple on it. I wonder if that's worth money. I can't find it, though. I think my Aunt Judy bought it for me. I don't know how old I was, but I must have been pretty old because I don't think I've ever been young. <laughs> That's what I do. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another quality Just Get on the City podcast. So glad Halloween is over. Let's move on to Thanksgiving, but upset that it's already November, and it is November, and boy, did it become November very quickly. It's a little chilly in the cities in the 40s where I guess it's supposed to be. Finally wearing a heavier jacket with a bunch of pockets, which is awesome, and carry everything around on that, and that is just the absolute best. Let me tell you what happened. We'll go day by day, but I'll tell you what happened after I left you guys last week. This is so hilarious. I don't know. What, what was I doing? Right. I was I was going. Remember, I was doing a show at the Williams Center. You know, after we recorded and did stuff, I went out to get some pizza. Like, just I said, well, let me just get something to eat before I do this show. I like to have a little something, so, even though I'd love to have nothing. 
but I don't want my stomach growling or whatever. And I don't know what gives me diarrhea at this point or anything. So I just have a slice of pizza. So I went to get it. And then when I came back in the building, I saw one of my neighbors who I've known for a long time. We we talk, but she's she's a little nutty. It's not that crazy one that comes with the wine, not Bonnie. I see her in the elevator and, you know, we're just talking about what's going on in the world, which, of course, is such a disaster. And I, I know she is part of the Friars Club and she's always on the fringe of comedy in a way, but she's not funny in any way. But I guess she thinks she's funny and that's even worse. But she's not like a horrible person or anything, you know, just so sometimes I'll talk to her, but it's it's hard to get rid of her <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes I'm like, all right, I've had enough of this conversation. I'm ready to move on. That's Dave Juskow saying that, right? So then you know that somebody has talked longer than you would think. And I'm usually up for talking to anybody for long periods of time. So uh, I came upstairs and I start eating the pizza. And then she knocks at my door and says, hey, I, I, I gotta, can I come in? I, I got to read you something. And I'm like, okay. And I, it's so rare when I have people come in or whatever. And nowadays, it didn't used to be that way, but... I was like, sure. And she goes, I need to read you this. And thank God I was wearing pants. <laughs> but she had just seen me. So she's like, well, now's probably a good time to go over. And I'm like, well, you know, I'm right in the middle of my lunch. Yeah, no, no, this will only take a second. So she sits down at the table and she reads me this thing. I don't know what it was and I don't know what she wanted to do with it, but she read me this thing. And she goes, and the whole thing was like, people tell me I'm funny. I mean, I guess I've always been funny because people tell me that. And even this uh, guy from Saturday Night Live used to tell me I'm very funny and I should do funny writing. And this is what the whole thing is about. Like it goes on for a good five minutes about how people tell her she's very funny. And what she's talking about is Alan Zweibel, who really is funny and pretty much invented Saturday Night Live and just wrote a book, and I think we've had him on the Tuesday show. I mean, he's, he's a living legend of comedy. In fact, he was one of the guys Frank Santa Padre mentioned at Gilbert's funeral, uh, with myself included, of course, because people tell me I'm very funny. <laughs> people also tell me I'm not very funny. So she's saying this thing, and she's like, what do you think? And I'm like, what do I think? Is it really necessary for you to put out there that everybody thinks you're funny? Because I'm, I'm just going to be honest with you. You're not that funny. She's like, I'm not? Well, no, no. I mean, you are. You're funny because you don't seem to know why you're funny. But I wouldn't put out there, and this is now talking as a college professor, which then I felt like I did have some relevance in saying this. The last thing I would do, the worst thing you could ever do is put out that everybody says I'm funny. I mean, you remind me of something out of family guy where the, the 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 big woman in accounting is like everybody tells me i'm hilarious first thing you need to know about me i'm hilarious <laughs> oh there's nothing worse than people telling you they're funny or that everybody thinks they're funny and i tried to explain to her i'm like look i know i know the funniest people on the in the country okay it's a fact that i know the funniest people in the country and not just I'm not even talking about stand-up comics. I'm talking about my friends Lee and Lawrence and Dave Elliott. I mean, Chris Donio. I mean, these guys are these are four friends I met in childhood who who are unbelievably funny, and they're not even doing stand-up. So I'm telling you, when I tell you that I know the funniest people ever, it's a fact because not only are my professional friends truly stand-up comedians and super funny and the funniest people, 
But then even my friends that I met along the way are funny. And you're not funny. (laughs) I don't know who's telling you this. I think they're trying to be polite. Now, I wasn't saying it just like that. I was trying to be polite, but I'm just saying, whatever you do, don't write that. And the what I was trying to say was, all my friends that are funny never think they're funny. That's the gag. I mean, that's the funny thing. I, I remember that time, I think I told you guys, I was with Rachel Feinstein in Connecticut, and this guy who was opening for us was telling us how funny he was and how he kills at comedy clubs. And I said, Rachel, that guy's such a dick. Like, he's not a dick as like a dick, you know, like whatever. He's just a dick because have you ever met any of our friends who've actually said, oh, my God, I destroyed. I destroyed. I mean, you know, Atel and and Sarah, and her, they're just like, eh, you know, like, I mean, we know they kill, and but nobody ever admits it. A comic will never admit, oh, my God, that was a hell of a night. Maybe, I mean, maybe Jeff Ross does, but he's that kind of person. So, but most people, the best comics we know, the performance is never good enough. So for you to sit there and say you're funny and people tell you you're funny, I, I just think that's a bad way to open whatever your plan is for whatever you have written. And I think she agreed and understood. I, I, I don't, because, you know, she texted me the next, like everything's fine. I don't think I hurt her feelings or anything. Who knows? But then, you know, then I'm like, listen, I got to pack because I'm going away for like four days. I mean, I was just going to my sister's, but I'm saying I need to pack. So I really got to get going. And I had to leave, you know, for New Jersey. And she just followed me around the house as I packed my clothes. I was on my computer doing stuff. She just kept talking and following me around. <laughs> it was, I'm like, well, I, I really got to go. I get in the shower. She's like, she's talking to me from the shower. <laughs> like, I'm, it's like, you know, and then another, people always tell me I'm funny. And I'm like, well, what you're doing now is, is extremely funny. What is that? You're following me around. Do you understand why this is funny? Do you do you understand that aspect of it? What do you mean? How is it funny? I'm like, all right, now I definitely need you to leave. I mean, if you're not getting this that this is funny, then you're not you're really not funny. You're just not getting it at all. But it was funny, and I couldn't stop thinking about it for the whole. I'm like, man, she really just followed me. Around. I I never should have opened that door. <laughs> It's so funny, all these women in my building that, you know, come and never leave. It's weird. I I mean, I guess maybe they're lonely. I mean, listen, I'm lonely too. I don't want to ever leave anybody's place, but I do. And I leave quickly, except my sister's house, which my my brother-in-law would tell you, I guess. I don't feel like it was in the way this time, but my brother-in-law, he likes to work and watch TV and it annoys everybody. It's not just me. My sister says, oh, God, Matt's working today. So it bothers everybody. But uh, anyway, I go to the Williams Center, the place I'm playing all the time, even tonight. No, tomorrow night. Well, tomorrow. I'm taping on Friday, so Saturday again. And I, so I'm going to the Williams Center this this week when I'm talking in the past tense on Friday and Monday. So that's why I'm staying. I'm like, stay at my sister's because I got to go to Asbury Park. Remember, I think I told you all this already. Maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. So I'm going to the Williams Center to do this thing about marriage, like a podcast by that really sweet guy, Lou Perez, and I'm on it with myself and Noye Brown West, who I like a lot as a comic, and the Hatem who puts the show together asked if I could give her a ride. I'm like, absolutely. I've met her before. She's really nice, one of Marina's friends. 
and 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 some economist, some old man. So I'm just that old man was such a piece of shit. I don't know his name, but I fucking hate him. He was such a dick. I'm sick of being on these things where they ask comics to come on and nobody's being funny. You know, like Gnome's podcast, you know, stuff. I'm like, come on, I you wait, I can't really I can't make a joke every once in a while. I mean, I'm saying serious stuff, but you can't what the fuck? This is why everything sucks. What's the point of it? That's that's why I like the Bill Maher show, the real time, because that's exactly the way a podcast like that should be if we're doing it. If you're having comedians on, look, if you want to be serious, we'll be serious. But I mean, if we're having comedians on, you're like, we'd like it to be light, then make it light. You know, and this fucking piece of shit that was on the show with us. Anyway, I get my car out of the garage. And of course, I I was nervous because I told Noye to meet me there. Now, if she's not on time, everything gets fucked up because you got to get the car out of the garage. They don't really have a place to store it, but they were really nice to me. And they let me put it on the side waiting. She was just a little late, a little late. It was okay. She was all right. And then we were able to get out of there. So then we go there. And again, this, this, this fucking old piece of shit. I think he was 79 years old and he was just, he kept calling me ugly. I'm like, what the fuck? And this guy that's always there all the time was like, Dave, first of all, I think you're extremely attractive. And I go, thank you. Uh, I mean, it was really, I don't know who the fuck this guy thinks he is. And he just wouldn't shut up. And it was really bothering me. And there's no way to see this or anything. You definitely don't want to hear it. It's a waste of your time. But what a piece of shit he was. And then I just kept making fun of his wife, I think, because I was getting angry. He was getting on my fucking nerves. And there was only like eight people there. I mean, that was the the point, I guess, that it was just supposed to be a podcast in front of a couple of people and talking about marriage. I don't know how they get people in this place, but I do love it there. So then when it was over, I, I couldn't take Noye home because, you know, I was going to my sister. So I, I walked her to the bus stop because I was always curious where it was in case one day I'm not going to drive there and I need to go there. So I dropped her off at the bus because it was the polite, gentlemanly thing to do because I did feel bad about not being able to drive her home. But why should I feel bad about that? But I don't want a girl to go by herself at night to the bus stop, of course. So I waited for the bus to come with her and then I went back and I'm saying to myself, you know, it sucks here. I just, you know, after the doing these things, I like to get a drink. Everybody knows that. But Rutherford is a dry town, so there's nowhere to go. But Gabriel, I know what you're going to say, and I'm coming to that. Because <laughs> when Gabriel is like, well, there is a bar across the tracks. But as soon as you say across the tracks, you're like, well, that sounds risky. I mean, that's what we know <laughs> if you're... From the other side of the tracks, as Molly Ringwald is and Pretty in Pink, it's a pretty scummy area, apparently, but more to follow after that. So I decide, you know what? I think Billy, my nephew, works at Fridays, and I think he works until 1 a.m. I talked to my sister, because, you know, Billy works until 1. They serve food there, and I'm like, you know what? That's perfect. I'll go there. I'll go there. I'm coming to your house. I'll go there. I'll go to the Fridays. I know exactly where it is. I don't know what I said. I was like, well, I'll text him, see if he's working, but he didn't text back. And I'm just like, well, I'll just stop in. I'll just stop in. And I go down to Route 22. I take this way that I usually don't like to go because it's got too many hills. And I, even though my car can totally make it and I can press it, I try to keep it. I go slow over hills because I don't want to press the gas. I'm, I'm really trying to. I think that's why the car is still working. I really do the right thing in a very old car. I never try and, you know, really heavily push up a hill 
by pressing on the gas heavily, which could totally work, but only in an emergency. So I really truck up really slow. I get I'm that one that gets in that right hand lane for slow people, slow people, <laughs> slow. Well, whatever. If the shoe fits, I get to the Fridays and I go in and, it's, it's, and there's nobody at the host stand because my nephew is the host. And I go to the guy at the bar and I'm like, yeah, is uh, Billy here? They're like who? Yeah, the host. Like, the host is, uh, you know, a really young girl. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we call him that sometimes too. But uh, seriously, can I see him? And like, sir, I, I don't know what you're talking about. He's, he, he doesn't work here. What do you mean he doesn't? Oh, he got fired? They're like, no. So I, I leave there. I'm like, I don't know what the hell happened. And then I give him a call and he doesn't pick up. And why should he? I mean, he's working. I'm a dick for even thinking he's going to write back anyway. And then uh, as I am about to unlock my car, I realize he, he doesn't work at Fridays. He works at Applebee's. Motherfucker. I don't know why I had Fridays in my mind. I must have seen a commercial that said they were open late night for appetizers. So does Applebee's. But for some reason, Fridays was in my head, and I knew exactly where it was, and I totally messed it up. And he goes, yeah, come by. We're open. I'm like, yeah, no, I, I messed. I'm at the wrong place. And I was really upset about that because I was really looking forward to going there, seeing him work and having a beer and having a couple of appetizers and it would have been awesome. And I just can't believe I met. That was all my fault. No one else's. I mean, can you blame me? I'm sure, you know, Friday's, Applebee's, what the hula hands. I don't know. What's the difference? There is no difference. But it was a bummer. That would have been super fun. I was just thinking, because that sounds like fun, right? I mean, at least it's a place where you can get food late at night. Hello? So I'm in. You're saying I can actually order something at like 1130 at night, maybe even midnight. And they're like, yeah, really? In New Jersey? You're kidding. Ugh. You know how that's driving me crazy. So that is hilarious. All my fault. Okay, I know it's your first day, Ferrari, so I want to go over the basics with you. Okay. First of all, there's a five-foot rule. If you come within five feet of a customer, you need to acknowledge them, even if they're not at your table. Hey, cutie. When you're not serving food or talking with customers, you need to dance around and have fun. We have things like hula hoops, silly strings, and water guns to play with the other girls. Be sure to giggle a lot, and be sure to show off your raisins. Now, when you take a customer's order, you need to sit down at the table with them. It makes them think you're interested. Write your name down for them and make them feel special. Oh, man, I am so bored. Thank God you guys came in. If you want good tips, the most important thing is physical contact. Just a simple hold of the arm can be the difference between $5 and $20. I'll be right back with your order, guys. Wow, thank you so much, Mercedes. Okay, well, I guess we're ready to open for business. Good luck. Go ahead and open for business, Portia. Okay. Hi, welcome to Raisins. Hi, is Lexus here? Hey, cutie. Darling. How are we doing today? Oh, good. I missed you so much. And then on Saturday, I work at my sister's place, which was very pleasant. It was a very lovely day, and I work in that little room that's very well lit. If you saw Marina's show on Saturday, you can see how sunny and wonderful and what a wonderful place to work for eight hours. It's totally different than my office or anything, so it was a pretty good deal. And then I shower at beds this is why you know i bought a giant suitcase with all my products showering at somebody else's house is just such a mess you know that's why i told you when i was at with william and alex and i was able to spread out all my potions and lotions whatever i have my my skin cream uh, my shaving cream 
my anal crate. What, huh? Is this? Uh, but yeah, it's just like such a, a thing. So normally I don't even like to shower there, but I had to because I was going to a Halloween party in Asbury Park. And as I told you, my costume was a Secret Service guy. Real simple. So I go to shower and re- yeah, I guess I took a nap at one because I definitely needed a nap. And I shower and I leave by five o'clock and I go down and see Rhoda for like an hour. I get there at six. I stay till seven. The party starts at seven. I'm like, well, I, it takes me a half hour to get there from Rhoda's. It's perfect. And then I go to my friend Victoria and Lou's place in Asbury. And I'm like, I can't believe I got to walk in by myself again. I was sick of walking in parties by myself, you know. I mean, normally I would take somebody with me, but now you can't get anybody to go to Asbury Park. I don't know. So I walk in, and, and but on my way there, I look at the invitation again just to make sure I got everything right, that it's definitely a costume party. You know what I mean? I, of course, it is a Halloween party, but just in the back of my mind, I'm like, and I'm not, and I, I'm in an outfit that I can easily just not worry about being in a costume. I'm just making sure, because you know, and I'm looking, and it says, come as your favorite TV or movie character. And I'm like, oops, I didn't see that part. And I'm like, all right, there's gotta be a movie that there's been a secret service agent in and that's who I'll go as. And wow, did I just get it? It just came to me. Oh, duh. I'll go as Nicolas Cage in guarding Tess. <laughs> I know that sounds ridiculous, but I'm like, oh my God, perfect. Everybody says I look like Nicolas Cage. Uh, I'll just, he plays a secret service guy in guarding Tess. It's perfect. So that's who I said I was and big laughs. Because it's such a stupid, nobody would get thing. But like I said, I was the Secret Service part came first, not the movie. So I was lucky that I just because they're like, "Who are you supposed to be?" And I'm like, "Huh?" You know, like I had an answer. It was great. And when I walked in, I guess nobody knew who I was because I was wearing the glasses and everything. And I think they actually thought I was security from the building. Everybody was just staring at me. I think everybody that was going to be there was already there because I guess it must have been about eight o'clock by now, maybe seven forty-five. I walked and they were all looking at me and they were all looking at me so weird, except for the people, I guess, that live there. And I immediately just talk into my sleeve and then walk out. And uh, again, big laughs. Thank God. Because, you know, what's worse than walking in? Everybody's staring at you. And, you know, it's, oh, I see he came by himself. You know, oh, my God, it's the fucking worst. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. I need to find a significant other immediately. I can't take it anymore. I tell you, I can't take it. So then the party was okay. You know, uh, did I have a great time? I don't know. I mean, it was all right. It's nobody's fault or anything. And it's so funny. I'm there. My friend Liz is so hilarious. I've talked about her before. We always said like, you know, if she wasn't dating a surfer dude, we'd definitely be going. I mean, we got the same sense. She's so funny. She came as Miss, Mrs. Roper. She loves Three's Company. She's not kidding that she loves Larry from Three's Company. You know, I mean, she loves, uh, what, what's that guy from uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure? Uh, was it Crazy Larry? I can't remember think of his name. Amazing Larry. <laughs> I mean, she She's just the coolest girl. And we were all complaining that they didn't have any food. But they did have food. She had a lot of food. But she just didn't put it out in time. So I was going to have Liz on the podcast just really butchering the party, which was fun and in a funny way because we all had a good time. And everybody else was dressed amazing, like really. Like Victoria was dressed as Wednesday Adams and she added. And 
her husband was dressed as Ted Lasso, who my brother-in-law was going to go as. I'm like, hey, it's a good thing he didn't go as Ted Lasso. There were 20 of them at that party. I think every guy went as Ted Lasso this year. She had, like, the shrimp, and they knew I liked the shrimp cocktail. I'm like, Dave, the shrimp is here. And I'm like, yeah, I know, but I don't want to eat it in front of everybody, but I can't help myself, you know. And then they had sushi, and she had a lot of food, but she just didn't put it out. And she kept putting stuff in the oven, but she just waited, and they, they everybody was complaining that they didn't have food for, like, the first hour. But I don't know. I I was whatever. I like that everybody was complaining because that's what I like to do. So it was funny that Liz was complaining. And then she kept putting it away. She kept putting it in the fridge. I'm like, no, but I, I'd like to eat some more. She's like, no, you could take it home. I'm like, yeah, but I'd like to eat it now. Why are you putting it in the refrigerator? Because I don't want it to go bad. I'm like, but but we want to eat it now. Like we were, It wasn't just me. It was like everybody were like, we can't figure out why she's putting the food away. We're still here, and now we'd like to eat it. The good news is that she just put the rest of the shrimp in front of me, and I just sat in the kitchen pretty much with a chair and ate the rest of that shrimp, the rest of that cocktail shrimp. And like, was there any more shrimp? They're like, oh, just cow finished it. You damn right I finished it. Cocktail shrimp. Shrimp cocktail is the fucking greatest. Yeah, finished that whole thing. She's like, well, you can finish it. I'm like, oh, I'll finish it. Yeah, I was just stuck in the corner so nobody could see me. It was fantastic. And it doesn't fill me up that much, so I didn't feel like bloated or anything. It was fantastic. And then these two hot girls came in. I guess they live in the building. They were sisters, and uh, they were dressed unbelievably. So we were talking to them for a while. And then at the end of the party, I remember, like, everybody just left. It felt like it just went. Like, I don't know what time it was, but everybody left early. It is Jersey, by the way. And that... Port where they live now in Asbury, where they wanted me to get a place. I don't know whether I'd want to live there. It's there was a lot going on. It's I mean I guess it's probably better than Pure Village, in the sense of the summer might not be so bad, but there's a lot of activity and there's a lot of young people, which which is fine. But uh, I don't know. Now I don't know where to go. I mean it, it was a nice building. And it was all new apartments, but that is the place they were saying, you know, there's apartments available here. And they did have those two hot girls that live in the building. So that's something. But then, so then Victoria like was talking to this girl, one of the girls, and she was just telling me, oh, Dave's like, everybody thinks Dave's gay. You know, he loves show too. Yeah, everybody says he's gay. He's gay. And I'm like, yeah, thanks. Thanks. Thanks a lot. And, um, (laughs) <laughs> I actually um, Instagrammed the, the girl the next day and I said, hey, I'm going to this thing on uh, Thursday. Maybe you want to come with me. She's like, yeah, I, no, I heard you're gay. So no, thanks. And I'm like, oh, that, thanks a lot, Victoria. I appreciate that. Uh. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny. It's kind of funny. It's kind of funny. It's not funny, haha, but it's funny nonetheless. Well, what are you going to do? I mean, I do like the show tunes. What am I supposed to do? Many moons ago, in a far-off place, came a handsome prince with a gloomy face. Let me get the rest part. I was singing this yesterday as I was folding my laundry because my cleaning lady's on vacation. And a princess is a delicate thing, delicate and dainty like a dragonfly's wing. You can recognize a lady by her elegant air but a genuine princess is exceedingly 
It's hard to sing this early in the morning, but uh, that just came to me out of nowhere. So obviously I am gay. (laughs) Yesterday I was folding laundry and they go, why why was I singing that? I don't know. It's from Once Upon a Mattress. Where Where does a straight man pull out something from Once Upon a Mattress in his repertoire while he's folding laundry? Anyway, I leave that party, right? I'm a little buzzed, but I'm all right. And I and I'm going home and I'm like, I'm not going to get coffee cuz I'm feeling pretty good and I don't want to keep stay up cuz I got to work in the morning. But I need a drink. And I'm zipping along and I'm like, well, I'll just get it on the parkway. And I missed that first parkway rest area, I guess. So I'm like, damn it. So I'll just stop at my usual the John Bon Jovi rest area and I'll get something. Man, nothing's open. First, I try, try to go to that Sunoco place that I, you know, story. They're like, oh, we're closed. I'm like, why would you be closed on the parkway? What is the point of a 24-hour rest area if you're closed? The guy goes, yeah, we're closed. He worked at the gas station there. I'm like, great, because that's where I was going to get just some juice. And then I had to go all the way to the concession area, the John Bon Jovi rest area. You got to take the car over there. It's such a far walk. And I'm like, well, let me, I'm, they must have a machine to get nothing. They got nothing. I had to get a soda. That's all they had available. I got a root beer. I mean, it was pretty good, but I didn't want soda. I just wanted some juice, like some iced tea or an apple juice or something to just kind of keep me going and a little bit hydrated. I just didn't want water. I don't know. I wanted something fun. Sorry. They didn't have water anyway. Maybe they did. I didn't see it. I just saw the fountain, and that's all they had at the Burger King there. The sad stupid burger king i mean was it even midnight i maybe it was was it that late i don't know jesus christ that's like the part i mean that's like it's and they definitely didn't have any coffee i mean maybe they had it behind the what the fuck is the purpose of that place just to serve burger king at 12 o'clock isn't that rest area so you can like rest and you know get coffee because you're heading up so that shit just really pisses me off on a weekend, people coming back from Atlantic City, you don't serve, you don't have a place to just get a, a, a juice or a soda or coffee. That was pathetic. And every time I bought back a soda and I kept putting it in the fridge, Matt, my sister's husband, kept throwing it out. I guess he thought it was Billy's or something. So the last one I hid from him in a different refrigerator the root beer one, and he still found it and threw it away. And I kept going again. I'm like, did you throw away my soda? And he goes, oh, yeah, I thought it was Billy. I'm like, I even hid it from him so they wouldn't throw it out this time. And I just couldn't find a place to, like, keep my stuff. <laughs> drive. I, I mean, it's weird. Their, their house isn't always that clean where they throw stuff out all the time. I was, Why is he picking on me? And I don't know. Maybe he's doing it subconsciously. I don't know. I mean, I know he didn't know it was my drink, but I was like, now, now where can I hide it from you so you're not going to throw it out again? Now there's nowhere. The second refrigerator? Earl. Yes, ma'am. Do you like your job? Yes, ma'am, a lot. Mrs. Carlisle, the protectee, is never allowed to sit directly behind the driver. That's a regulation. Nobody does it. Not the president. Not anybody. The sun will be on that side, and I do not want the sun. Perhaps you could sit on the proper side, but slightly then to the middle. Nope. 
Ma'am, excuse me, but we are not leaving this house until you are seated properly with your seatbelt firmly fastened. So I wake up in the morning and I work, and it's a miserable day out. You know, it's raining and it's yucky, but still a different way to work when it's kind of funny hearing the rain while you're working. It was actually rather pleasant for working purposes. But then at 4 o'clock, I'm like, well, I'm in Jersey. I'd like to go out, maybe just drive around because I never get to do that. Normally in New Jersey, I mean, I mean, in the city, I finish at 4 and I just sit on the couch and watch football because I don't want to walk around here. And But I wanted to do something, but it was such miserable. But I took the car out just for a little bit. There was nowhere to go. And Matt said he was going to make this Costco chicken and broccoli for dinner. It was just me and him. My sister got sick, like really sick. So she just wasn't around all weekend. And he goes, I'll make us this chicken and broccoli from Costco. It's pretty good. And he's going to put rice. I'm like, well, you know, I'll get some egg rolls uh, at least. Let me contribute something. So I went to the, I just needed to get out. So I went and I got some egg rolls from this Chinese restaurant and I came back. And then the chicken and broccoli wasn't a Chinese chicken and broccoli. It was like an Indian chicken and broccoli. Like it had curry and stuff in it. It wasn't horrible. It just wasn't what I wanted. I thought. It was going to be different. I mean, I ate two portions of it, but that's not the point of the story, (laughs) but it was still good, but it wasn't Chinese. I thought it was, you know, as soon as you hear chicken and broccoli, you just assume it's going to be Chinese, or at least I do, but it was Indian, but at least uh, he made dinner and I didn't have to, you know, go to Taco Bell again, which is the best place to go. I think I went there for, after I found out Billy was working at Applebee's, not Friday's, I of course, stopped at Taco Bell. I could have stopped anywhere. They got a whole bunch of places, but uh, let's face it, Taco Bell is the great. Is that what I had? Yeah, I think that's what I had. That's what I always have, which is weird because I could have that here. I should go to a different place, but I... Oh, no, no, I didn't. I didn't go to Taco Bell. I went to Wawa's and I had my favorite, the Gobbler. That's right. <laughs> I had, And I wish I had left half of the sandwich over so I could have eaten it on Saturday before I left for the party. But like the disgusting person that i am i ate the whole the whole thing and i think a, a side of macaroni and cheese oh my god what is the matter with me and then i went to bed <laughs> it was a great night oh <laughs> uh, but i never got a stomachache and i never had diarrhea the entire weekend i go figure i don't understand was it only happen in my house i mean thank god maybe it's like prison where it just you know your body knows don't have it here don't have it at their house that's no fun I went to a movie theater downtown. I overheard this conversation that was going on between two concession stand workers. It was a Coke versus Pepsi conversation. I had a few minutes to kill before the movie, so I said, this might be worth a little listen. (laughs) This woman actually said, and I quote, I like Coke. I hate Pepsi with a passion. And it made me very sad for her. Because her body is telling her that she hates something that tastes exactly like something she loves. <laughs> but then I thought about it for a while. I started thinking of my own little quirks. And I realized, you know, I had a few. I actually wrote some down. Because I realized when I was thinking about it, you know, I like Sprite. But I hate 7-Up with a fervor equal to the KKK's hatred of blacks, gays, Jews, and Catholics. (laughs) Then I started thinking some more. And I realized I like glazed donuts. 
but I hate honey dipped donuts with the same intensity that the Pope hates a woman's right to choose. And I really enjoy post-raisin bran, but I'd rather change into a dress, put on a blonde wig, and be thrown into the middle of the showers at Rikers Island than eat Kellogg's raisin bran. You were worried about that one, then, oh shit, you ended up applauding. I fucking won that one, people. So on Monday, I work again, and then the plan is, and I'm telling you guys this, this is some um, stuff I've been wanting to talk about. So Billy Joel-wise, we're, we don't have something coming out this week. We're taking a week off. And then next week, we have our interview with comedian Todd Barry, who is absolutely hilarious, but probably has COVID. He was coughing the entire time, so that's a little annoying, but he is hilarious, and used to be in a Billy Joel cover band. So this is really funny stuff and hopefully good enough for you guys. Then we have our W's wrap up, of course. And then that's the end of W. And the next letter is X. So what are we going to do for X? Well, Alan and I are sticklers to keep to a regiment, a regiment, a regimented, is that get that right? Format. We have to do every letter. We did Q. We did a Q and A. You know, we do. We, that's what we do, right? So I said for X, let's do something special. And what happened was, Paul Lauren, our friend, our beautiful friend, Paul Lauren, who plays that amazing piano on all the wrap ups, was in town. And I think I told you a bit about this last week. So we were like, we got to get together and record. And we were supposed to record Piano Man, but I, the album, but I messed up the songs. So I'm like, well, I know a place we can do it at the Rutherford Place in the Williams Center. I know they have a podcast studio. I know they have a bunch of instruments there. I know they got a keyboard. I've seen it. We could go there and record all together if you guys don't mind coming out to Jersey. And let me tell you something about Paul Lauren. Now, Alan didn't care at all, but Paul Lauren is a musician, and most musicians are the biggest prima donnas you've ever seen. They need payment. They need transportation. Well, if you get me an Uber back, you know, this guy... He's unbelievable. He was like, yeah, no problem. I'm like, well, I can drive you guys back. I just can't drive you there. And they're like, yeah, no problem at all. We'll just take the bus or the train. I mean, I've never met a musician like this in my life. It's really something else. And what a joy he is. So the plan was on Monday night, we're going to get together and tape a special episode where we're just going to just have a good time. And I was trying to get other musicians. I got two bass players planned. And they both got COVID. I couldn't believe it. And then this other guitar guy was going to come and he goes, well, you know, I don't think guitar goes with Billy Joel. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? You're a fucking idiot. No, it doesn't go with Billy Joel. We're asking you to come on and just have a good time and fuck around. You fucking prick. I'm still angry. I'm like, the, his fucking excuse was so, well, you know, I don't think Billy Joel really works with the guitar. I'm like, shut up. What? That's a guy that just doesn't get it at all, right? Because we're just we're just trying to have a good time. My, you know, uh, when I brought these bass players, they're just like, "Well, I mean, what should we do?" I'm like, "We're just. It doesn't matter. You just, you know, hear the songs we're playing. Just, just play the bass. What's the fucking big deal?" 
I mean, if they know, you know, if they know how to play an instrument, then it, if, if they don't, if they got to practice, we had sheets. Memo put uh, chord sheets together, which was really nice because he was going to come in and play the bass, but he got COVID. And so did this other guy. So it just ended up being me, Paul, and Alan, and the two engineers. And we just had the best time, the, like just the best time. And I will tell you that when that comes out, and it's more of a Christmas, you know, because it's X. So we're like, it's extra special. It's extra. It's Christmas, Xmas. Uh, we're like, you know, so that so that's going to come out right after Thanksgiving. It's perfect. So we do a couple of Christmas or holiday songs. And then some Billy Joel stuff. And we just decided, let's just have a good time. We'll have Paul play. Alan and I will sing along. We'll do some harmonies. And we're like, this will be the show. And we had a blast. We got video. We got pictures. You'll be able to see all of it. We just had such a good time being together. Just, you know, just having a good time. And if and I'm assuming that's going to come off uh, in when you listen. And if it doesn't, you know, we said to ourselves, well, we've done 200 podcasts. And if it doesn't, and if you can't just give us one where we're just having a blast, then, you know, <laughs> what do you want us to do? The 200 podcasts, almost 200, maybe it is 200. I don't know. It's up there. And we just said, well, let's just have a good time. And we did. It was so much fun. Those guys are great. You know, I love those William Sanders guys. And we were just sitting at the, me and Alana sitting on this couch. I'm sitting at a, like a stool with like some sheet music and stuff. And Paul is at the keyboards. It's really, I mean, some extra instruments would have made it that much more special. But then we realized we really should have done it on this big stage they have that fits about 600 people. I just didn't have the time when I found out Paul was coming to town. But really, we should have a special where we invite everybody, have Paul sing, Alana and I do comedy. We bring in other friends to do comedy and just make it a half Billy Joel, half comedy night. Man, I think that would be great. And they'd love that there. And it would be so much fun. And that's something we are definitely thinking about. We just got to put it together. Meanwhile, it turns out. So then we leave there. We do it for like two hours. I mean, I'll try and cut it down, of course. But we're fooling around. And then I go, let me come on. I'll, I'll buy you guys dinner. I think. My friend Gabriel from, you know, Canada uh, told me there there is a bar around here, but we have to go on the opposite side of the track. No, that, no, no, that's not what happened. We're like, I because it was early. I'm like, I bet you we can find a restaurant here. Right. That That's what it was, Gabriel. It was, we were looking for a place. I'm like, come on, I'll buy you guys dinner because thank you. Definitely for Paul, definitely coming out. I mean, I don't know why Alan wouldn't be like, oh, I'll split it because, you know, this guy, you know how cheap he is. He's horrible. <laughs> But we got to buy Paul dinner, right? Because that's the polite thing to do. So we go out, we look for a place. Everything's closed. I mean, it's 8.30 on a Monday. Everything in that town is closed already. We're like, you got to be kidding. But we know there's an Italian place by the bus stop because that's where Alan and Paul got off. And it's closed on Mondays. A lot of Italian places close on Mondays. So like, what a bunch of dicks. So then I see that bar that I think you were talking about, Gabriel, across the tracks. I mean, they're right across the tracks. and We just walked there. And this bar, I don't know what it was called, but it was fantastic. And it really was just right across the tracks. We went in. We sat down. The waitress was amazing. They had Oktoberfest beer. And, oh, my God, I got a shepherd's pie, and we had chicken wings, and it was the best shepherd's pie 
I've ever had. I think Alon had teriyaki salmon. He said, this is delicious. And I can't. And Paul had fish and chips, which were fantastic. You know, a lot of times you go to fish and chips. I remember I went with Steve in Staten Island. And he was like, this stinks. Well, these fish and chips were great. I actually ate a, a full one. Boy, I guess I ate a lot because they had that HP sauce, which I love. It was delicious. It was flaky and beautiful. It's exactly the way fish and chips could be. I don't know what the story is with this bar, but I need to go there every week now. I mean, it's so good. It was, that, that shepherd's pie was fantastic. I don't know why it's so good. This little bar in, I guess, East Rutherford, New Jersey. And, and then I said, what time are you guys open? And they're like, well, we serve food until about midnight. I'm like, you, you serve food? God, what is happening in Manhattan that no one serves food until midnight. I mean, what? What are you fucking kidding me? In Jersey, on a Monday night, I can get food until at least 11. But in New Jersey, everything closes at 8.30. You got to be fucking kidding me. I mean, this is just getting on my goddamn nerves, as you already know, because I talk about it every week. It's just weird, right? It's weird. I live in New York City. Oh, the city that never sleeps, which completely sleeps now since covid Stupid COVID. Although, if it wasn't for COVID, I'd have to go in five days a week to work. So, <laughs> fuck COVID. Or, I meant the opposite way. COVID's awesome. <laughs> oh, boy. I got to tell you, that was really terrific. That that meal was great. We had a great time. We drove back into the city. Uh, oh, I, right. I drove. Well, I drove Paul to Penn Station. And then I drove Alon home. Of course, I wrote, you know, this guy lives on the other side of the universe. But I'm like, whatever. Today's the day. I'm going to drive everybody home because it was the right thing to do. It's not like that William said. I'm like, hey, I'll drop you off in my parking lot. And you're lucky you got a ride in the city at all. Well, that's all right. And then I'm like, you know, I'm on the east side already. Alon lives on the FDR Drive, if you know where that is. It's like just on the water. It's a highway on the water. That's that's where Alon, I'm like, what's your address? He's like, yeah, FDR Drive. I'm like, that's, come on. That's not anybody's address. He actually lives on the highway. That's his address. It's hilarious. It's like when I lived in Edison, my address was one New Jersey turnpike. <laughs> we did live off the turnpike, so it could have been, but it wasn't. So I'm like, ah, now I got to go to the west side to drop my car off. And I'm like, you know what? You know what? I've had a very long week. I'm going to park the car right at my house. And you know what I'm going to do? Hello is take the car on Tuesday when I go to work because, you know, you got to move it by 1030 and, and, and put it in the parking lot then and then just take the uh, the art train down. That's, uh, that's good. It's perfect. And that's exactly because I have my suitcase with me and everything. I'm like, oh, my God, why didn't I think of that before? I'll just park it here overnight, and then when I wake up to go to work in the morning, I drop it off, work like a charm. It was unbelievably fantastic. It was beautiful. There is a neighborhood cafe across, across the Jericho line Around the corner from the railroad tracks With the inevitable neon sign They haven't kept up with the times it's not the hippest, it's not the hippest place around, but with the times. It's not the hippest place around, not the hippest place around. But if you really want some atmosphere, it's the only game in town. They offer family cuisine, they 
passion by They serve the volunteer firemen Because that's usually where they are They say it's always been the same They say they'll never close it down Because wherever there's a hungry soul And then on Tuesday, when I came back from work, I you know I was coming to do the show. Now, you know, I've been talking about getting that scooter or whatever. So I was gonna, you know, I was ready to go home and go get on the bike. There were no bikes. I'm like, oh crap! I'm gonna have to take a stupid subway. So I took the subway, and I said to keep my presence of mind about not hating the subway. This really is a very fast ride. I take the four or five up that drives me off on 59th Street. Now you can get off on Lexington Avenue or Sometimes I'll go to this other platform, which is the yellow line, the NWRQ, and you got to walk at a very scary platform edge to get to the escalator to bring me to Third Avenue, which is closer to my house, and then it seems like I'm really close. And again, it's all mindset. And I'm like, you know what? Today, screw that. I'm just going to go and go through Bloomingdale's, which I hadn't done in a long time. You can actually walk from the subway through Bloomingdale's to third avenue and i know i haven't done it in like 10 years but i know the walk and the way to go through bloomingdale's to get there because it's not easy you got to go up escalators you got to go down some escalators you got to go up some stairs to get to the entrance and they don't make it easy i mean it's covered you have to know where you're going to get out it's like a casino they don't want you leaving there's no windows at bloomingdale's only on the outside you know where they have the christmas decorations Otherwise, they they lock you in there. As a matter of fact, when I finally got to the end, I'm like, I could have sworn it was here. And then I'm going to this place. I'm like, I'm positive. If I make a left, that's going to be the end. But then there's a guy there where you're like, oh, maybe that's not it. And then you end up walking around again. But I didn't fall for it. And I saw it. I'm like, aha, these motherfuckers. Anyway, I'm going through Bloomingdale's. And I walk right through the men's department. I'm like, well, let me take a look at some of the shirts or whatever. I mean, I, I've been talking about getting like a blazer, like a Larry David blazer that I can wear all the time. I'm like, let me take a look. So I find this one. It's beautiful. I mean, I'm like, this is this is exactly what I could wear to class. I look like Donald Sutherland and uh, Animal House, and it's it feels amazing. And I look at the price, and it was seventeen hundred dollars. And I'm like, this is why I only shop at Amazon. <laughs> I mean, seventeen hundred bucks, but it, I guess it made. So I told my mother, and she's like, well, it's probably part cashmere because she knows clothing. It's probably part cashmere. I'm like, well, that makes a lot of sense. That's probably why it felt so good. Oh, my God. It was amazing. 1700 bucks. I walked right the hell out of there. I'm like, well, I can't look in here anymore. I can't even look in here anymore. My God, 1700 I can't stop thinking about the jacket, though. I think I have one that looks exactly like it, but it's too big on me. Because I was trying to get a blazer. I bought it at Tommy Bahamas. It's just too big. If I'm like a size 42, which I'm probably not, then it's like a size 43 or 4, I guess. I don't know. Oh, but I still have memories of feeling that jacket. It was so beautiful. But alas, it's not to be 1700 bucks. That's like almost $2,000 for a jacket. Although, you know, if you wear it all the time, but because it's a lighter jacket, I don't think I could wear it all the time, but it sure was nice. Maybe I'll give the store another try and take a look at some shirts or something, you know, because I I probably walk through there again. It wasn't unpleasant. It certainly smells good in there. 
But yeah, my the walk that I take from the subway to Third Avenue is right through the men's department, so it's perfect. You have any men's shirts for men? Now I'm going to tell you something really hilarious. You know how I'm usually having money problems. I haven't had it in a while, but it's kind of happening again. And I have my uh, three jobs, I guess, my law job and the teaching. And, and this is a job for sure. You make a little bit of money thanks to you guys and the Patreon, but, you know, a little bit. Uh, so I got an offer from Instagram for Alan and I to write a Billy Joel book. It's called Billy Joel Song by Song. This this guy, they write a bunch of books like that. Uh, Madonna, Song by Song, Kylie Minogue, Song by Song, ABBA. So I said, would you guys like to write a Billy Joel Song by Song? So Alan and I talked about it, and he wanted to have nothing to do with it. And I said, I would like to do it. It really pays nothing. <laughs> you guys are like, well, you'll get this, and you get like an 8% thing out of the sales like every year. And I'm like, oh, well, so we get paid nothing. And he's like, yeah, pretty much uh, <laughs> and so Alon was definitely out and I was like no I still want to do it I don't know why it sounds intriguing to write a book and I don't think you know you just got to go song by song it's like what we've been doing and it just sounded intriguing somehow so I'm doing that and and sending it in and then there'll be a book at your local airport or Barnes and Noble that is Billy Joel song by song and it'll say written by Dave Jeffcott. And I thought that was very exciting very exciting, but for no money. And so, I mean, pretty much no money. Or if I was to get money, it won't be for years. And it's going to be obviously a lot of work. I have to get the pictures together. It's really weird. But I mean, we looked this guy up and, it, you know, it's all legitimate. I've seen the other books and they're out. and You can buy them on Amazon or whatever. And this is definitely not going to be a, a big seller or anything. It's just something I thought would be interesting. And then... I was talking to the guy yesterday. I got my uh, friend Lawrence involved a little bit because this guy's looking for, you know, subjects to do on these little, like, kind of books you might buy in an airport to read on the plane. And then he's like, you know, what would be good? Because I told him what I was teaching this semester. He goes, you know, we could use a John Hughes one. That'd be good. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I could probably do that for you, too. And uh, he's like, yeah, do that, too. And I'm like, but then I'm like thinking about it. It's so funny. So now I'm writing two books at the same time for free. Who's a worse negotiator than Dave Juskow? Who's the worst Jew <laughs> you've ever heard of that just, I just, I told my uh, mother, I said, you know, we better keep Billy in business school and he better learn some shit. If he's going to be an actor, he better stick with business school. I know he wants to drop out. Of course he does. He really shouldn't be in business school. It's ridiculous. But like me and like the rest of us, we just didn't want to be theater majors because theater majors are weirdos. It's a fact. So he took business. But maybe, you know, he better listen because this is like my sister, like taking the accounting class because my dad made her and she wasn't, you know, and she didn't know anything about it. Like our family has no business sense whatsoever. And Billy certainly isn't the guy. I mean, none, none of these idiots are going to help us. Liza's no help. Dory's completely no help. We're a bunch of morons. And I don't know, Matt probably does know this stuff, and he doesn't help. Oh, my God. we got to make sure Billy at least makes good business decisions because his Uncle David is a moron. 
But I can't stop laughing about how funny it is that I'm doing all this extra work that no one else would do for free. I mean, this is so weird. (laughs) I just keep laughing. I'm like, this is so funny. I mean, now I have this extra work. I have all these jobs that I just do for free. And I put so much work into it and all these free projects, but yet stuff that would pay, like stand-up comedy, I choose not to put any work into. I am absolutely out of my mind and crazy. And for me to call anybody else crazy would be rude. Who does that? Yesterday, I was doing the same thing. I went, so Colin Smith, who you may remember from when we were doing the Comedy Cellar nightly show during COVID, would always play. He was so wonderful. You know, he's such a great guitarist and and singer. Colin Smith, you know him. He was in all my shows of The Godfather and Love Actually and Grease and all that stuff. He's the best, and I love working with him. And he asked me to come to his show. He's like, Dave, I got an EP coming out next week. Can you can you support the show? Can you come? And I'm like, sure. That's why I didn't go to my mom's yesterday. I went to see, I knew I had to see his show because it was the right thing to do. Support my friend who's been nothing but a really good friend over the years in the sense of doing, again, musician stuff for free. The least I can do is support him, right? So I'm just looking for somebody to go with. And I called my friend Lara. I, I I called a couple of the people first. There's no offense to Laura. I'm just saying. I, I was just like, is anybody around? You know, it just comes Thursday. And she she goes, yeah, I'm all right. Can can my mother come? And I'm like, what? Huh? Goes, yeah, my mom's in town. Cause she, I'm like, yeah, I guess so. So then, of course, I had to buy three tickets, and all of a sudden, it cost me a hundred bucks. And I'm like, oh, whatever, right? And I'm just kind of like, cause I'm like, you know, I was just a little worried about money this past week. And I'm like, okay, because it's too funny not to just keep doing stuff when you're nervous about money, but you keep doing stuff that's for people that have money. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So I just keep laughing about it. Cause it's kind of funny. Cause I'm like, I'm in this place and I'm just ordering drinks and I'm like, well, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? You know, we're already here. It is what it is. Uh, but it was great. I met her. They were right on time. I was like, I'll meet you at your place. We'll walk down there with you and me and your mom and, and her mom, I'd never met her before, but she was nothing but delightful. In fact, it was Laura that needed to go home because she had to work and not her mom. Her mom would have stayed out and had another drink. So anyway, we went to see Colin's show and Christina Hutchinson, his girlfriend and the girl, the co-host of the Guys We Fucked podcast, you know, that legendary, true legendary podcast was opening for him. So it was really nice to see her. We talked for a a long time, and I think we're going to go see a hockey game together with Colin. Everything that'll be super fun. And then Colin played, and you know, I couldn't be happier again. I got recognized from the audience. That's my favorite thing, you know, like when Paul Lauren did that. At the, so now, Jessica, and he goes, Jessica, your energy is like amazing. And because I, I was like really into it, his set was amazing. Because he started off with like a band, you know, like a big band with that guy Nick from the comedy show, who's unbelievable guitarist. And he was really singing and playing. And it was fun. And then he went into the ballads that he's so good at that you guys know how fucking talented he is. And then he went back into these other songs. It was really a well-rounded, fun performance. So we had a blast. And I had three scotches. Uh, the, her mom and her had like three glasses of wine. We had a really good time. 
And then I couldn't believe it. Lara picked up the check of the food and the drink, or they they got French fries. And I, I when I saw the bill, I couldn't even believe it, it was like one hundred and sixty nine dollars. I'm like, what? What? That was on top of the hundred dollars that I already paid. Because there was there was a twenty drink twenty dollar minimum, which is now that what they do instead of a two drink minimum. In case you don't drink, they just say twenty dollar minimum. Well, we went a hundred dollars over that, I guess. Oh, thank God she picked up. I, I would have been, but I would have done it. I'm like, well, what are you gonna do? I'm, it's just everything's so expensive. Then what are you supposed to do? What are you like? I say you live in New York. What are you just gonna sit at home? We gonna do nothing? You gotta do something. What's the point of living here otherwise, right? I mean, if I I know I want to get out, but if I'm here, I gotta interact. I gotta be part of it. I hate that money as a factor. I hate it. That was like a super fun time. And then I, you know, spoke to Colin and Christine, and they were going out to uh, this other bar that I really wanted to go to. But I was like, well, I gotta leave. And of course, I could have gone by myself, but I'm like, nah, I'll just walk the ladies home. Because it's right on my way home. And this was in the East Village again, right next door to that Baker's Falls that I was last time. Look at me hanging out in the East Village like a kid again. It's fantastic. They have these little clubs there that are really terrific. I don't know why I hadn't been going there in years and why all of a sudden two weeks in a row I'm seeing two concerts in the East Village. But it certainly is a lot of fun. And it was great going out on a Thursday when I know I don't got to go out, uh, you know, to work early on a, on a Friday. That was terrific. Meanwhile, I forgot to tell you that Sarah's in town and she, you know, texted like, hey, I'm coming to town. You know, my worst thing. Cause it, and then all my plans changed again. Because she's like, well, here's what I'm doing. She's hosting the Daily Show. When this comes out, she'll be hosting the Daily Show tonight, Wednesday and Thursday and already have done it on Monday. So she's guest hosting the Daily Show. So she's doing a bunch of stuff today. So we're having an early dinner tonight, and then on Saturday, I'm going to go to my mom's because I didn't get to see her Thursday and Friday, so I'm going to work there, you know, wake up at 5 in the morning, get over there by 8, work till 4, go to the Williams Center where I'm doing a show, come back Sunday, and then see Jeff Ross's show Sunday at 5. <laughs> come on. During football season? Ah! <laughs> But I got to see the show. I got to see the show. I invited. And I was like, who am I inviting to all these things? I had these two things I got to invite people to. And I just, you know, think I chose correctly. I was like thrilled when it all worked out. I got everything figured out. And so I invited my friend Evan, who went to high school with Jeff. It's perfect. And, you know, Evan from, you know, when I see him in Montclair all the time, I'm like, you know, this is a nice thing I'll invite him to. And he knows Jeff. It's a perfect, you know, but I'm saying, could I bring a girl? Yeah. You know, sometimes it's easier to bring a, a dude. Then, so Sarah's in next week, too. And she says, hey, we have this thing if you want to do next Friday. And I'm like, next Friday, my sister and I are going to see a Broadway play. But I switched it to Saturday so I can hang out with her. I'm like, you know, I'm not doing anything next Saturday. I could just totally switch it. Beth and everybody was okay with it. So now we're going to see Guttenberg. I think it's called Guttenberg with Scott Reynolds. Scott Reynolds, is that his? No, Andrew Reynolds and Josh Gad from the original cast of Book of Mormon, and they're doing a play together. We can't wait. You know it's going to be great. That Andrew Reynolds has the greatest singing voice. So I can't wait. It's supposed to be really funny. That's going to be terrific. So I just pushed it off another day so I can hang out with Sarah. There is some screening of a film she executive produced, but it's only like 30 minutes. So I'm like, yeah, I mean, come on. Let me take advantage of the days I'm not working. So it's perfect. That's next week. That's next week. Anyway, you'll hear all about all of this on next week's show, of Just Gow in the City. Just Gow in the City, which is doing a lot of city stuff. 
Whereas for a while it was just, well, here's what happened in Jersey. And you're like, why am I listening to this podcast? I, I, I mean, if he's going to be in Jersey, then you got to change the name. Just Cow in Jersey. Jersey Just Cow. Just Cow Jersey. Hmm, that's not that bad. Anyway, but yeah, now we're doing a lot more city stuff. Going to different areas in the city. Smart. Now that's a podcast you can sink your teeth into. Am I right? How are you? <laughs> crazy I, I am so funny people tell me i'm funny they tell me all the time that i'm funny so i know i'm funny because people always tell me how funny i am so i know it you know so i'm just saying you know when i write i'll probably write funny because i'm funny what the fuck is so funny about me but that's our show for this week the uh, big election day special i just actually went to vote and went early what a nightmare. Is that that school? Remember when I got bombarded by all those kids a couple weeks ago on my way to uh, to my school? Well, it's that same school, and I guess they were all going to lunch, so everybody was packed in the I was packed in the elevator with all these kids. I was the only person voting. And apparently they don't recognize me as a professor. But boy, it's the, the dance of the dead in there going to that voting poll. The people that work there are such skeletons and like real fucked up. And then I got to the table and this lady was like, she couldn't turn off her YouTube phone. And it's just, it's saying, if you want to make a jean jacket the correct way. And she's like, I'm sorry. And everybody's looking at it because she's, I'm the only one in there, but it's a big gym and I'm the only one in there voting. And she can't, and they told me to go to her. There's plenty of other tables I could have gone to, but she just can't turn her phone off. She's an idiot. And then she puts it down and it's still going. I'm like, she's like, now how can I, I'm like, I think you should try and turn off your phone before we do this. I mean, this is ridiculous. I mean, look at you. You just put it down. You got to turn it off. Turn your phone off. She couldn't figure it out. And then everybody's like, do you want us to help? And she apologized profusely because it, it was rather unprofessional. But um, I was like, I, I really don't care. I just think, you know, you should spend the time turning your phone off, not just turning it upside down where I can where we can all still hear it. Yeah. Anyway, I voted. I don't even know for who. Whatever the city council idiots are in my area. And then I voted no on Proposition 1 and 2. I was reading them and they all sounded stupid. And I'm like, do you want funding for schools? I'm like, no. I'm a single man in the city. Go fuck yourself. No. We're thinking about extending the sewage. No. I Listen, I took a look and I did the research. I proposition no. And then, and this will be great because um, when I do run for Manhattan Borough President, they'll be like, did you or did you not vote no on Proposition 2 in 2023? And I'm like, well, the reason I did that is because, uh, it's funny you should mention that. I was just thinking about that. I, I don't know what I, I have a five-point program that's going to change all of that. Anyway, we'll see you next time on another quality episode of Just Count the City. Good night, everybody. Apart from everyone, away from you.